0: Are the Kings not as, as deep as we were giving them credit for? Yeah, on, please, Sebastian Ajo, Andre Svechnikov, Freddie Anderson were all skating at practice today in their normal sweaters, not the non-contact jerseys. Brett Pesci with the lower body injury uh, was out. Jalen Chatfield got a maintenance day, so he wasn't skating, but, but nothing too crazy there. Um, Svech, by the way, did take a puck off the face, got a pretty gnarly gash on his chin. Yeah, that oof. I mean, it'll it'll play well for a Halloween costume. You could go as some kind of like like a monster, or mummy, or zombie or something like that. Doesn't doesn't need the face paint on the face. Oh yeah, it's going to be a cool score within the next week and, you know, can't wait to see all the the ladies out there tweeting about it. Oh, it just makes him more manly than he oh, was before. There you go. There you go. Uh, but it, I mean, it's it's one of those things where I don't. He wasn't going to play tomorrow anyway, so he'll be he'll be good to go. I don't think it'll slow anything down. But it was his first practice in a long time, not in a non-contact jersey, and and he walks away with a, a gash on his face. Probably you know, a little like, oh, are you kidding me? But that happens. But the point of the the bigger story here, the reason why I say this is. Uh, The Canes may need to ask how dependent they are on their top guys being top guys, right? This season, they have been underwhelming thus far through six games, small sample size, I hear you. But they've been underwhelming, not looking like their their former self. Now, here's the the interesting part, right? When it became obvious that Svetch was going to be held out at the beginning of the season. I was comforted by the fact that they had a ton of depth. I was comforted by the fact that, you know, you could go lines deep. You could go pairings deep and and still feel pretty good about who you had. So I was like, ah, oh, Svech, take your time, right? This team is deep. They have the, the, the necessary pieces to, to allow you to be as healthy as you need to before you return. When when Aja went down for a couple games, I was comforted by the depth that they had. Right? Oh, this this isn't like the other NHL teams that would need their best player to rush back from injury or risk getting off to a slow start. You can lean on some of these other players. And and we could list them, right? The Kokeniemis, the the obviously Slavin stepped up a bit, the the uh Burns and and it goes on and on. Bunting looks like a nice little addition. Orlov it was an addition with high expectations. Like you could I could keep going, but the point was yeah, take your time, get healthy. You don't you know, they don't need you. They want you, but they don't need you. They're 3 and 3 through their first 6 games, allowing goals at a rate that seems astronomic compared to last season, and have lost their last 2 games, 3 of their last 4. You know, during during office meetings here, there was jokes about, "Hey, we should do a giveaway for the first time the Canes allow less than 3 goals." They averaged allowing less than 3 goals last year. Now the joke was that it's become an event. It's become celebratory. That used to be the average. That used to be, if it was above, it was like two and a half goals per game, essentially, a season ago. Three would have been you're playing worse than your average. Now it's, hey, if they allow less than three, let's throw a party. Let's give something away. Now this next part is not necessarily an insult, but it might be a fact. They might need their stars. Now, most NHL teams are that way, right? If you're best player and your third or fourth best player, depending on where you want to put Svetch with all his injury histories, but I think Ajo is their best player, and I think Svetch is right there in the top handful. If those guys are missing time, maybe the Canes aren't as deep as we thought they were. The Canes seem to be built with the depth and the the – like uh you know let's hold hands and sing kumbaya everybody makes a contribution there the the individual is not greater than the sum of the parts of whatever the coaching cliche is but maybe maybe they are more like the other teams than we thought maybe they still might need their stars and i hear you right fetchinaho they don't play defense but they kind of do first of all you're not getting on the ice if you don't play some form of defense for rod Brindamore. right you you have to play two way hockey but it could also just be uh great decision making. How many times this year have we seen one bad decision like on the attacking side of the ice, right? Where where uh it's a it's a ill advised pass, it's a shot that shouldn't have been taken, it's it's you know, one too many touches, whatever it is, and all of a sudden the pucks going the other way, rush offense for for the, the opponent. I, I, I talk about it in basketball all the time, but it's very obvious these roles are played by Ajo and Fetch for, for the Canes when healthy. When the opposing team, and this is my basketball analogy, when the opposing team scores eight straight points, right? When, when the opposing team in basketball knocks down two threes and gets a fast break layup and you call your timeout to end the run, what player are you giving the ball to coming out of the timeout? That's your your, your bread and butter, right? That's where your Hall of Famers come in. That's the difference between making fifty million dollars a year in the NBA and making twelve million dollars a year in the NBA. It's very obvious now that when the opposing team gets something going, right? Two good uh, looks, right? They they get two looks, and heck, one hits the post, and maybe the other is an incredible save by by Freddie. Either way, when they're starting starting to feel it, who do you give the puck to to get the momentum back on your side? It appears as if the Canes. Version of that isn't out there right now, and and I get like trust me, Brady Shea's put up points. Slavin has put up points. They're near the top point scores, which is great, right? Defenders, defensemen getting up there and getting involved. But they've needed every one of those points, right? A season ago, I loved that that the the Canes led the league in points from the, their defense, right? The, they led the league in defensemen points and goals. I should say, I love that. But I love it even more when you don't need it, right? When the forwards, when the, when the centers, the wingers, when they can score the goals and then you get one from from Slavin or Shea or whoever it did, Burns, and you go, hey, what a nice surprise. Not when it's like we desperately need these guys to score or else we're not going to be able to keep up. That's where it becomes an issue. Again, this is not an insult, more of an observation. Maybe they aren't as as – their strength is the, the the entire group. Maybe there is. Like, hey, we need our top guys to not only play, we need our top guys to play well. Let's hear let's hear from Rod Brindamore uh, following the most recent loss to Colorado, part of their road swing, which is coming to a close. Uh, but but here's Rod Brindamore on the overall takeaway from the, the Avalanche game. It was a tough game because I felt like we were doing pretty good, doing some good things. It just, you know, obviously special teams just ate us up and um, – you know, so we're in one. I mean, it's not like we were giving up a ton, but just every time they had that opportunity, man, they put it in the bag of that. and that's, that's what a great team does. I'm not accusing Rod of lying. I think he was withholding some of the truth there. I think he's pretty darn frustrated. I don't think it's like, oh, we were doing some good things. I don't think that's in his DNA to say six goals, like, oh, we were doing special teams uh, or not. Not really getting it done. I I think he is somebody that understands coach speak and understands talking to the media and then understands the different message to be sent behind closed doors. It's just like he mentioned on Friday, sometimes it feels like we need a translator an for, an, for coach talk. An anger translator, coach speak translator. Right? Something where you can you can enter in what Rod said and get out what he was thinking. I just, I can't imagine a coach with his system, his background, his history as both a player and a coach is looking at, at, you know, back-to-back games where they allowed seven and six goals and and is saying like, oh, you know, we've done some good things and we need, we need to just improve on these goodness gracious. He's not that. I would say, uh, uh, the standard is higher for a Rod Brindamore coach team. Here's more from, from coach on which goals were a killer for them in that Colorado game.
1: The shorthanded is,
0: is a killer, you know. The, really, the one at the end of the first is a killer. We get our helmet ripped off. I mean, that, there's a lot of things that could have went a little bit differently uh, in this game, but yeah. you got to give that team credit. I mean, they got their world class players are world class, like as elite as you can have, and uh, they're special. This is this is one of the the tough conversations that that happens across all of sports, right? Yes, some of those goals come in in fluky circumstance, right? the helmet ripped off, coming to flukies, the, the shorthanded goal where you really make a bad decision. Like those, those, they're a bit fluky. But the thing is, like flukes happen every year, right? By the, na- like, the, the nature of a fluke is like you can't predict it, kind of comes out of nowhere, right? Maybe it's a bad call. Maybe it's a lucky break. But last year when you gave up two and a half goals per game, flukes were taking place too. Right? You can't say over whatever it is an 82 game schedule that that uh that oh last year we didn't have any flukes and now 6 games into this one we've had a bunch of them. We I talk about this with interceptions all the time. Right? It's oh, that interception was was tipped at the line. That interception bounced off the receiver's hands. That interception the defensive player the defensive player made a great play. That interception was because of the wind. It's like, yeah, I get it, right? And as a former quarterback, trust me, there's no excuse that I haven't made. But at the same time, the good quarterbacks throw less interceptions. And their balls get tipped to the line occasionally. Their receivers don't catch everything. The wind it doesn't not affect their passes. The great quarterbacks don't throw a ton of interceptions. The great defenses in, in the NHL don't allow a lot of goals. Now, that's not to say that the referees don't make bad calls for them. That's not to say that calls don't go missed for them. That's not to say that they don't have bad ricochets off of skates and, and how it becomes an immediate perfect lead pass for a, uh, an opponent. It, it's, it's sometimes the good defenses overcome all of that. And I thought the Canes were that way even with their studs on the bench, even with a few of their best players out with an injury. Now we have to ask ourselves, and I'm not I'm not answering it yet, but I'm asking it. Are they as deep as we thought? Do they have the 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 depth that we anticipated them having when we were very cool with like, oh, Svetch, take your time. Oh, aho, yeah, take your time. Maybe it's like, hey, you know what? As Soon as you're ready, let us know. Like as soon as quick and as you hit the extra rehab, do what you got to do to get back quickly. It turns out we might need it. Do you think this causes any motivation for Rod Brendamore now that this tough Western road stretch is wrapping up? You're getting ready to play Tampa tomorrow night before returning to Raleigh on Thursday. Do you think this motivates him any more to get Sebastian Ajo and Andre Fetchikoff or at least going and asking, like, hey, like, when do you feel like you guys can be ready to be 100% or close to it? I mean, yes. and I, I, What I think it does is it just – you you no longer add it in and what i mean by that is the training staff comes up and says like hey you know we're looking at uh you know we want three and this is all made up here this is a hypothetical situation hey we're looking at like three we want like three hard practices before we give them the a-okay right if if this were a week ago two weeks ago do you know what i would say hey do they need four like what can we do to make sure they're they're good when they come back like let's make sure we're getting them all the way back now you just go all right perfect Right now, you, you don't fight back with conservative ideas like and not, sorry, conservative ideas. You just say that on the radio and people get mad. You don't fight back with cautious ideas of like, hey, let's make sure he's all the way back. Now you just accept what they say. That's how I would take it. The drive with Tim Donnelly, 99-9, the fan. Uh, the Panthers were on by this week. The Panthers were on by. So, uh, right, we, we have things to react to with the Canes. Hey, this game, they lost by this score. We have things to react to, and we have with North Carolina football, UNC, with Duke football. Panthers, we don't have anything tangible to react to, yet somehow they lost the bye week. Somehow the Panthers lost the bye week. They found a way. Now, now that's like you hope, we hope, you hope if you're a Panthers fan, you hope behind the scenes they won the bye week. And what I mean by that is, you hope the players that needed rest got the chance to unplug and rest, right? The the, the players that needed to see their their uh, you know mom and dad got to see their mom and dad. There's a great scene. Have you ever seen? Again, it's always movie references when when Grant produces the show. I feel honored, there. That's kind of my you, you, my you, you reputation. Have you seen the uh, the movie Trouble with the Curve? Trouble with the Curve. It's Clint Eastwood as a baseball scout. Yes, yes. And uh, Justin Timberlake and Amy Adams. Um, random cast but good movie. Yeah, I mean it's if you're a sports nerd, you'll you'll appreciate it. I don't know if you know the the argument of analytics scouting versus old school like you know with your gut scouting appeals to non-football or non-sports fans, I should say non-baseball fans. Um, uh, but it did to me. Um But going back to what I was saying, uh there's a player in that that movie That is just in the it's a baseball scouting movie players just in a slump right they they were a prospect that they really liked in the draft and the player just absolutely stinks and of course the old school scout that represents like i just know what i know right you can hear it off the pop of the bat and all of a sudden you know that guy can hit the curveball uh that scout flies his parents out right the player that was struggling the scout says, you know, hey, I need to expense 600 bucks. Flies the parents out for a weekend visit. And all of a sudden the the player is is raking at the plate and hitting 330 or whatever it is. And and the reason being was he was just a little a uh, little homesick. Right? Need to see his parents. Hopefully, the Panthers win the bye week with that kind of stuff. Hopefully, the players that needed to unplug get, you know, get get off the conveyor belt for a couple minutes were able to do so. On the flip side, hopefully the players that needed to dive more into film, the players that needed to learn from their mistakes, they got in the film room and they learned from their mistakes. You hope all of that happened. But, but we won't know if any of that happened until they get on the field this weekend against Houston. Right? We won't know if the, the X's and O's were fixed or if the jitters and pressing due to the pressure was fixed until they get on the field for the, kind of the second two-thirds of their season. But on the field, on their bye week, they lost. Let me explain. Going into this week, there were five one-loss teams. So the, the, there were five teams in the NFL that were one game better than the Panthers. Four of them won this weekend. Denver beat Green Bay for their second win of the year. New England beat Buffalo for New England's second win of the year. Chicago beat Las Vegas for Chicago's second win of the year. And the Giants beat Washington for the Giants' second win of the year. Only the Cardinals of the one-loss teams in the NFL lost, and they lost to Seattle. But the other four won. You know what that means? That means the Panthers should be absolutely terrified that the pick that they've already sent to the Bears is going to be one of the top two. The projections for that pick just moved in the wrong direction for the Panthers. They'd now, the Panthers, from this point forward, would have to win two games without any of the eight two-loss teams winning any more games just for that pick to not be top two. If those eight teams that are now two-loss teams, if they all win one more, I'm not sure the Panthers can win four. I'm not sure they can win four games, and they're not going to hold many tiebreakers. If it's a top-two pick, that is guaranteeing that Caleb Williams or Drake May will be there and available if you wanted them, and, and the Panthers won't have that pick. Now, I, I listen, I know where I stand on the debate from my own personal evaluations on who I would rather have running my team, Bryce Young or Drake May or Caleb Williams. You may like Bryce Young, okay? You may think, hey, even in a draft that had Bryce Young, Caleb Williams, and Drake May, I'd still take Bryce Young. That's your prerogative. But I would also counter back and say, it's not Bryce Young or Drake May. It's not Bryce Young or Caleb Williams, whoever's available at the second pick, if that's what you have. It's Bryce Young or Drake May plus another first-round pick plus Another couple of two uh, second-round picks, plus DJ Moore. The Panthers are now in sole possession of last place in the NFL. They were that before their bye. They, they had five teams within a game of them in the last spot, so they could have, you know, with, with one or two wins, jumped all the way out to sixth, and all of a sudden that pick's not as bad to give up. But somehow, while the Panthers were at home, either unplugging, somehow with the Panthers at home, hopefully watching some film, somehow with the Panthers not even on the field, their draft position got significantly better, uh, meaning see, the, the pick is going to be significantly closer to number one overall. They just don't own the pick. And that is it. goes back to what we've been saying about the Panthers over the last probably two weeks. They have to start thinking long term, right? Trading a pick in the future is not thinking long term. That's thinking right now. That's we need a better quarterback right now. Can we get the number one pick right now? Should we trade away future picks? That's a problem for future us. Well, future you is going to have a big problem on your hands, right? Because what do we like? I've been talking a lot about trading Brian Burns, and we are whatever it is, less than two weeks. Actually, significantly less than two weeks. The trade deadline is on Halloween, the 31st, at 4 o'clock. Okay? I've been talking about trading Brian Burns, one of the few very successful draft picks the Panthers have made in the last five or six years. I've been talking about trading Brian Burns – pretty much with the sole focus of getting first-round picks back because you traded them away already. That is forcing yourself to trade Brian Burns just to get close to what uh, past you has messed up for you, right? Because now you're a team that's near the bottom of the draft. You don't have a first-round pick. That's a problem. So you have to basically you know, sacrifice the future football playing ability of Brian Burns just to get back to neutral. And even that, even with trading Brian Burns, there's 0.0% chance you get back a pick that's anywhere near the pick you gave up this year. I think if you can get like the 14th pick in a trade for Brian Burns, you do a happy dance, right? You go, you go full Macarena, whatever your happy dance is, Gangnam style, whatever you can choose, right? Cha-cha slide. It's all up to you. But you do that if you can get a mid-first. Now think about that. You should be so happy that your body is moved to gyrations, to dance, if you get a mid-first-round pick. Meanwhile, just off the bye, the chances of the pick you gave up being the number two overall pick or better just skyrocketed. If you're that happy for the 14th pick, how happy should the Bears be for getting the, the number one or the number two pick in the trade? I mean I don't they they might have to do a dance marathon. And here's a rule for trades, okay? Here is a like a very obvious rule for trades. The happier the person you're trading with is, the more concerned you should be. Right? The happier they are that you're giving them whatever the, you're giving them, the more concerned you should be. Right? The the best trades are actually pretty tough for both teams to trade. Right, the best trades are. E, I really don't want to give this up, but I, I, I like you know. I, I rate what you're you're offering me a little bit better, and then the other team's going. E, I really don't want to be giving this up, but I rate what you're giving me a little bit better. It's it's the win win is also kind of like the lose lose, right? It's just it's equivalent. That's how it needs to be. Right now, the Bears are dancing and the Panthers are scared. How do you think that trade went? The Bears are dancing, the Panthers are scared. And the Bears every week are just getting more and more confirmation that that pick's going to be high. Chicago, by the way, was one of the one lost teams that won this weekend. Right? They had what, was it Tyson Bagent, the Shepherd University quarterback out there, and they beat Vegas. There's a, there's a, a world where they would be furious that they won that game. Why? Because that keeps them further from Caleb Williams and Drake May. But not anymore. Now they're happy because they can go try to win knowing Carolina's going to give them their pick that gets them their quarterback if they want to move on from from field. Panthers fans. Brutal. Hurts. Not Jalen Hurts. (laughs) You wish. You very much wish.